Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, October 31st, 2022. That's right, it's Halloween, folks that are watching this in the replay crew. And we're talking about fun stuff. So it's almost a casual Friday approach to a casual Monday because Halloween is Halloween. And even though if you were following me on the BitCast yesterday, you heard my co-host Dan say Halloween is stupid, we don't believe that here in this space. We believe it's a fun time and a fun season all around to chat about things that you don't otherwise talk about, whether that's the macabre or fantasy or sci-fi or everything in between. So I hope everybody's had a fun weekend. You know I did because the Michigan Wolverines had their way with Michigan State this weekend, and that's always an enjoyable time for me. It's it's a time that, unfortunately, I don't get to experience as much as I really should. Uh, But outside of the wonderful world of American college football, How are you doing? What did you do that was fun this weekend? Are you excited for Halloween or do you share Dan's opinion that Halloween is quote unquote dumb? I'm very curious to hear from all of you. Did you follow Talking Dragons this weekend where we chatted about behind the scenes on Lawyers and Dragons on this channel? What are you up to? Where are you hanging out from? Let's have some fun today. Let's get ready for an awesome week that's going to be productive and enjoyable for all of us. Guaranteed. No, I can't make those guarantees, but I hope so. I hope so for all of us. Happy Halloween, says Disney Nerd 85, and I hope everyone has a wonderful and fun day slash evening and get lots of candy. So I got to watch the candy here. You know, my dentist says I have to be careful of those kinds of things, but I'm sure my kids are going to get a lot of candy. Eh, They'll give me the leftovers. Um, Jess says, morning all, happy Halloween. We got a cat emoji, a black box, which is probably not a black box, just didn't come through. A ghost emoji, a kind of devil horns emoji, and a jack-o'-lantern emoji. Really cool, Jess. I hope you are having a wonderful Halloween already. Sardism says, I just pretended not to hear that part. Hopefully about Halloween being dumb because that's silly. How about that tunnel? Asks Midnight Wind. Yeah, you know, Michigan Stadium has had that tunnel for like 100 years. uh, And not until this Saturday uh, that I am aware of has any group beaten up other people in that tunnel. uh, At least not to that level. So, yeah. We'll see what Michigan decides to do with it. Uh, I actually suspect there might be charges in some of that stuff based on those videos. But we'll leave that to the side. We'll leave that to the side. Min asks, uh, this is my last day in Canada. Therefore, the last day I can fully appreciate the ungodliness of the hours you're streaming because in Austria, where I'm from, it's around noon. (laughs) I did see that Secret McSquirrel earlier this morning said this was a specifically early episode. This is the same time I usually broadcast on. Is it possible that some people have already changed their their daylight standard uh, concepts uh, in in the United Kingdom or elsewise? Because that might push it to quote unquote earlier uh, in uh, in in the way that the time zones work. I would suppose. Uh, Sue says, "Love the talking with dragons," and so glad that Ian was able to join. Yes, wasn't that fun to have him kind of typing into various things? Uh, and, and joining us on the fly. That was uh, that was very amusing. I, I was actually really happy with how that show went. Uh, so we might do another Talking Dragons after the season because then we could talk about spoilers. There's some things that are going to happen, I'm sure. It's going to be fun to talk about. Leafy Vivi Foo says, spent my weekend doing housework and listening to the YouTubes. It really does help. Happy to hear it. Happy to hear that uh, if I can help even a little bit in Hangouts and Headlines or some of my other colleagues can help just talking in the background to getting housework or other chores done, that that's a useful thing. So I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Leafy, Vivi, Foo. And I hope other than chores and housework, you had a fun weekend. Zardism said, I played Final Fantasy VI. 
I've gotten all the espers from the Magitech factory, and now I'm grinding new monsters for Gao. These are comments from the youth of Hogue. I hope you're having a great time, Sardines. It was one of my favorite games of all time. Final Fantasy VI. Real top, top shelf stuff. Jess says we participated in a trunk or treat event and nerded out with a Star Wars theme. You had a trunk that was all Star Wars theme? That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we uh, we used to do trunk or treating more, and I don't think we have in a few years. Uh, so that's actually a little bit of a surprise. Secret Big Squirrel doing the Lord's work here says, hey, don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah, welcome this morning. If you enjoy these conversations, if you enjoy these hangouts, or if you enjoy the headlines, or if you enjoy both, Hit those buttons. YouTube loves it. Thank you so much, Secret Mix World. Kelly loves Saturday's Lawyers and Dragons. It was different. I have to tell you, we, we put that one together on the fly because of Ian, poor Ian. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that it uh, worked out so well. I was really happy with it when it was done. Uh, and I'm uh, it, my, behind the scenes, the, the folks can tell you I'm always anxious about doing new forms or, or new concepts there live uh, on the internet. But it turned out great, I think. Good morning, says B19. Happy Halloween. The jack-o'-lantern emoji, the ghost emoji. They're going to get some work today, I think. Fantastic stuff. Looking forward to clearance candy tomorrow, says Xfiler06. Yeah. Yeah, you could always get really good Halloween stuff, whether that's candy or decor, uh, after Halloween has passed. That's basically how we've otherwise decorated our house. One year in advance uh, every time. That's all co-counsel, not me. B says Talking Dragons was absolutely amazing. Love chatting with everyone and getting a look behind the scenes. Great. That is exactly what we were aimed at. Toxic Cupcake says, good morning, happy Halloween, carved pumpkins, and went to festivals over the weekend. Nice. Yeah. See, that's fun, celebrating the season. Stephanie says, good afternoon from Austria. Since we're back on winter time, it's noon. Okay, so there was a shift over in Europe. They did their falling back earlier than us. Uh, so we will fall back in November, uh, and this will this time will be off a little bit for a couple weeks. Happy Halloween. I have black cats, but otherwise don't care about Halloween. You don't have to care. You just can't be like Dan and bring other people down. <laughs> Carrie, I wonder if they're going to explain the Witcher change or if we're just supposed to go along with it. Oh, we'll read the articles. I remember being so confused when I was a kid and Darren changed on Bewitched. See, and at least Darren wasn't Samantha, right? So, I mean, like, the, the thing about the Witcher story is it's not just some guy it's not Rhodey in Iron Man changing. It's Iron Man. It's just you go and you watch Iron Man 3, and now it's Liam Hemsworth. You're like, no. No, that's not right. I refuse. Bye. <laughs> uh, I love Halloween, but that uh, it doesn't seem to do much in France. So I'll be watching movies, and hopefully it'll storm. There you go. A little, little stormy weather for Halloween. I actually don't know. This is a great question for this morning. So for folks that are not in the United States or North America in general, you're in Europe, you're somewhere else. Is it like Maya is describing France? Is there very little Halloween activity? Is that predominantly an American kind of concept? Let me know. I'm curious about these things because here you got ghouls, you got ghosties, you got decorations, you got kids trick-or-treating. Uh, it's, it's a rite of passage kind of thing here. And I'm really curious to know what it's like in other countries. Aaron Morgan, good morning, everyone. Happy Halloween. So excited to see the kids dress up tonight. We got spider and two webs emojis. One isn't good enough for this spider. It's not a Charlotte's Web scenario. Kristen Randalls, good morning from North Carolina. Sadly, trick-or-treating might get rained out. Trying to come up with creative options for the kiddos. That is so sad. So sad. 
Does a local school or community center have an indoor trick-or-treating? Uh, I know my kids will go out and it's pretty bad. <laughs> if it's really, really storming, though, I can imagine that would be the saddest. Uh, maybe a delayed day for the local L. I don't know. Good morning from Canada, I believe. Could be California. This is the problem when I get this as what StreamYard sends to me. Uh, second video especially. This is the Michigan State stuff. Yeah, so there's a couple videos of Michigan State athletes beating up some Michigan athletes in the tunnel. You can check that out. I'm not getting into it. Uh, they're in current investigations. There's been suspensions. Uh, it's been described alternatively as a roughing up or an altercation uh, and things like that. So we'll see. Michigan has a single tunnel where both teams go back to their locker rooms at once. Uh, and that has been a topic of discussion as well. Even though, like I said, we've had, you know, 50 some odd Ohio State games in that stadium and that hasn't happened. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mummy Evans says our clocks went back Saturday night. OK, so it's a little earlier than us, which means I'm a little earlier for you, I think. Uh, well, it'll change back. We'll be we'll be at the same time zone uh, or at the same time difference uh, in in very short order. Tomorrow is the start of mashed potato month. I've never heard November described that way, but I do like potatoes. Nurse M, morning, afternoon, everyone. So shocked about Henry Cavill not coming back for season four. Yeah, I was shocked too. If there was one person that was really associated with their character that we knew had pushed for it, it was Henry Cavill and Geralt of Rivia. And so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Sibling Creature says, I really enjoyed Talking Dragons, but I have to admit I'm looking forward to seeing the campaign resume. Yep, it was a... Uh, it was a kind of snap decision after we knew Ian couldn't be there. Uh, so we knew we wanted Ian to participate in the story. We didn't want to have people warping in and out uh, for where we are in the plot per David. Uh, and so it was uh, it was something we thought that we could do that would be fun. And I, I think it worked out well. But I'm eager to get back to the campaign as well. Uh, Agaruki, hopefully your DSD changes will make it earlier for me uh, and make it able for me to attend. Currently pops at 1030. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'm terrible at the time zones. Lawyer math. Avoid it at all costs, folks. Uh, but we will be falling back shortly, which makes my 7.30 into 6.30. So I will be on an hour later than I am right now if you've already changed your times. So with that being the case, hopefully that is more helpful to you. Uh, and we shall see. Wait, we can see Hogan Sundays? Where? Uh, if you look in the description to my videos, uh, you will see a reference to the Seasoned Gaming Bitcast, uh, which is me and some really smart colleagues of mine on the video game side talking about video games for a couple of hours, 11 a.m. Sunday to about 1 p.m., depending on how much we gab. Uh, it, it often ends at 1.30 or so, so two, two and a half hours of just chatting about games and gaming news and having fun doing it. So definitely check us out over there. Uh, we're growing. We're up like 150% uh, since I joined in uh, February, I think, something along those lines. Uh, that is not all me, certainly, but it's a, it's a product I'm really proud of. Uh, so come check it out. I'm in Germany, and it's 1230 here. I like your streaming time a lot. Just right to eat lunch while listening. Uh, that might change. I don't know anymore what time it is. I'm just going to still be here streaming when it's my time, and, and we'll hopefully make it work for everybody else. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Wait, sibling creature asks, what is a trunk or treat? So trunk or treat is basically where you take a parking lot and, uh, 
families usually park their cars, uh, pop their trunks and have like a little display, like a state fair or something else that's Halloween related, has candies. And instead of going around to houses, you go around the parking lot to the different cars. Uh, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And Kat asks the same question. That's what it is. Uh, and in fact, my business's parking lot was uh, subsumed. You had to make sure that you weren't parked there uh, because they were doing a trunk or treat uh, and they, they didn't want your car if you weren't participating. Sue asks, and thank you so much for the super chat, Sue. This is the big question. What are the Hoaglings dressing up as? And are you and Mrs. Hoaglaw dressing up too? Well, when I do dress up, if I'm on uh, like trick or treat walking duty, generally I dress up as Jim Harbaugh which is a sweatshirt and khaki pants. It's a very big difference uh, from what I usually wear, as you can tell. I'd actually looked around for my uh, like Sorcerer Mickey hat uh, for today, but I couldn't find it. So I'm very sorry about that. You missed out on a Sorcerer Mickey ears uh, version of me. But uh, no, probably not. Probably that would be too embarrassing for my kids at this current age. Uh, and so I will walk behind them, would be my guess. Uh, but it really depends. I haven't gotten my instructions from co-counsel yet as to what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, this evening, somebody has to pass out candy. Someone has to go with at least some of the kids uh, at this point in time. So we will see. Uh, Mrs. Hoaglaw very often dresses up. Uh, me, Hogue, often does not. <laughs> not a wet blanket. I just, I don't love dressing up. Uh, we got the explanation of trunk or treatings when you go to a bunch of cars and get candy instead of houses. Exactly. Uh Angela Richter, have you heard that Squeenix, that's Square Enix to you and I, said in its quarterly report that Japan is no longer sufficient for profits? My jaw dropped. Well, I have not heard that specifically. I think it has been self-evident that especially in the console gaming space, Japan uh, is not as enthusiastic as the West. And so if you're going to maximize your profits, it's not really a surprise to me that a Japanese company would say uh, we have to we have to focus on either broad support or we have to focus on the West. And honestly, I think you can see that even with their big properties. You look at Square Enix. Why am I so not excited about Final Fantasy 16 next year, which ordinarily would be my number one thing to be excited about is because they changed it into a Western action game. And if I wanted a Western action game, I have plenty to choose from. <laughs> So we'll see how it goes. I'm hopeful that it is great. Uh, but you can see Square Enix has pushed in that direction for a long time. So it doesn't surprise me, uh, even though, uh, yeah, you would hope that they would lean into what they're good at and not what they're not. And Square Enix has often not done that. Here's Papa Hogue. Thank heavens there were no flaming couches to throw in the tunnel. Right, Green, enough said. We were too, We were doing this magnanimously, Dad. We were talking about Michigan State having a fight with Michigan players in the tunnel magnanimously. We didn't need to bring in flaming couches. We didn't need to bring in past events. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Hogue families, Michigan fans. And uh, Michigan State did not cover itself in glory in the tunnel. Uh, and uh, there will be investigations and difficult press conferences this week. There's no question. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Strive says daylight savings is pointless nowadays. I think the United States Congress is still looking at whether or not to get rid of daylight savings. Uh, daylight savings here ends next Sunday, just one week. Okay, fair enough. I don't keep track of it. I know it's in November uh, and I have people in my house to tell me to change the alarm clock. <laughs> so hopefully that'll go just fine. 
Uh, we've got more descriptions of trunk or treating. We should just stay on DST and never switch again. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's 7.30 right now, 7.45 here in Michigan. Uh, when we do fall back, this will be 6.45. So we'll get an extra hour of sunlight. The problem that you have in Michigan, which is way west in the eastern time zone. In fact, everybody that calls me from one of the coasts, opposing counsel, potential clients, whatever it might be, is like, you're in the central time zone, right? Because we know Chicago is. And you're pretty close to Chicago. I say, no, we're in the Eastern time zone. And that means that the same time zone covers like Baltimore, Maryland and Northville, Michigan. And those are wildly different places where the sun is in the sky. And it means that in the winter time, when we do fall back, what we've got is night descending sometime in the mid afternoon here in Michigan. And it's just a dark time. It's a dark time for the empire. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, there's very little you could do to actually make the day longer, like in December, but I'm not a big fan of moving the times uh, all over the place. Britt Cormier with a super chat. Thank you so much, Britt. So now that the only real fan of the books is gone from The Witcher, how bad will it become? It was already on the way down. Canceled Netflix after Witcher season two. Seems like a good call on my part. Well, you missed out on some stuff I really enjoyed, like Sandman and Stranger Things season four, but... I have to admit, Henry Cavill, and we're going to look at some of his quotes from the past year or two uh, on The Witcher. Henry Cavill seemed to be the one that was most dedicated to not just using kind of the skin suit of Witcher characters and setting to tell wildly different stories. Now, will that change when he leaves? I can't tell you. I could tell you the quality of acting will change when he leaves. But again, I don't like to slam people. I'm sure Liam Hemsworth is a perfectly nice person. Maybe. I'm not sure of that at all. But I can tell you that he is a charisma black hole. And that replacement is very discount uh, to what they were already receiving. So if you're going to be concerned about anything, it's that Netflix decided to go for the vastly lesser Hemsworth brother who hasn't had a notable screen presence since he was that one dude who was like the boyfriend in the Hunger Games. So you got that going for you now as Geralt of Rivia. So I think the showrunner will do whatever she wants, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Olivia C says, I tried to sleep in a little bit today. There's the Z's emoji. As I close at work later and I sorely need it, but I can't stay asleep. Decided to hang out since I'm up. Ready for some Doctor Who thoughts. I have them. I have them. Giant corporations and uh, relatively tiny intellectual properties that became giant. Whew, that's a story. We'll talk about that. They really don't do Halloween in Europe. They do that sort of thing New, New Year's. They trick or treat on New Year's. They dress up on New Year's. I'm curious. Yeah, all right. Halloween, not a big deal in Europe. See, this is the thing I like. I like this about hangouts. I literally don't know this. Um, so this is very curious. Leafy, Fifi, food, nothing going on around here. A few houses with pumpkins and lights up, but I've not had trick or treaters since I've lived here. No, oh, that's sad. Some years are stronger than others here at Hogue House. Uh, but we always have trick-or-treaters of some kind. RHG Burn asks, do you think the Netflix producers purposely allowed the leaks about the writer's room to soften the blow around Cavill's exit, given how those who know, know he is a big fan? How does the story about people being upset at the writer's room not following the source material help soften the blow about Cavill leaving? If anything, I think it like doubles it. It was a very unideal time for that story to come out. 
in my opinion, but I'd love to hear the theory about why it would be helpful to them to have that. Cause I don't see it from where I'm sitting. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious. Albon Cavill's passion and performance for performance and passion for the source material makes this news so sad. Yeah. It feels wrong. Doesn't it? I don't like the Witcher on Netflix. I'm just going to sit there. My tilt on full display. I love the Witcher. Witcher three is depending on the day, my favorite game of all time. Uh, and Henry Cavill, especially early on, clearly doing a Geralt of Rivia impression from the video game, which is fine. Uh, and he gets a little bit better, but the stories have been garbage, in my opinion, on that show. And so I would love to see them get better. I think season two was, I, I don't give it as much credit as some other people do, uh, but it was maybe going in the right direction from season one. Perhaps season three will be better. We'll show you some quotes about the, the role Henry Cavill played in that, or at least said that he claims to have played in that. And with that voice gone, I, I don't anticipate things moving in a, in a good direction. But it's also funny because you got Netflix out there, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because we're getting into headlines topics, but that's okay. We're hanging out. You got Netflix out there that, as I say, will cancel your favorite show, right? I'm pretty sure Sandman is not getting a season two. Okay, fine. But they'll cancel whatever you love. Uh, and they won't tell you any reason about it. They'll use their internal analytics. It'll seem to be popular, but it's not actually. Netflix will cancel it. And yet, and yet, for The Witcher, well, we lost our main character, the voice behind all of this, and we're just going to press on with Liam freaking Hemsworth. Okay. All right, Netflix. You, you, you are a give and a take as an entity. I like some of your stuff very, very much. And I really hate your corporate decisions very, very often. It is a trying relationship that we have. I tell you. <laughs> Carrie Harvey, very low Halloween traffic in my area. I have the candy ready, but don't expect too many. Our city did a Main Street trick-or-treat on the weekend that was really well attended in costume. So a lot of people do go to those kind of events that uh, cities and townships do now. Uh, maybe even more than going out uh, to the various houses. Min says Halloween's slowly becoming a thing in Europe, but for example, in Romania, it was considered sacrilegious until not too long ago. Yeah, we kind of had that vibe in America when I was a kid sometimes. Uh, you know, Halloween Halloween can still rub people the wrong way in, on some occasions, but it, it's it's just so fun. Uh, and it doesn't have to, you're not, you're not worshiping the devil or anything like that. You're just enjoying being a little bit goofy celebrating some of the stuff we got skeleton we got ghost skeletons and all our trees outside that my daughter put up it's just fun it's just fun morning hoag says courtney morning courtney if you haven't seen the movie stay alive i recommend for your double feature friday it's not an amazing movie but fun for a fan of video games and scary movies okay nerd emoji i will keep that in mind yeah we're actually doing a bonus week uh outside of october next friday so you know send in your recommendations uh, because I wasn't able to make one uh, a week ago. So we're going to do a bonus week outside of the month, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll consider Stay Alive. This last Friday we did, and I think I mentioned this on uh, Talking Dragons, we did Black Phone with Ethan Hawke, and we did Barbarian with actors I choose not to divulge. Um, liked them both. Liked them both. Um, kind of both a little bit goofy. Uh, in a way that I wasn't expecting. So I, I enjoyed that. It was a fun evening of watching these kinds of movies. 
Czech Republic, we pay respects to our loved ones who passed away on the 2nd of November, but otherwise no fun celebrations. In recent years, we've seen more Halloween decorations around, however. It's really interesting. Halloween is kind of metastasizing. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we did uh, All Saints Day on November 1st. And I know that there are other uh, traditions around the world for that early November period. So that's that's fun to hear as well. Brit, the big house has a single tunnel. It's always had a single tunnel. Who designed that? Some Wolverine, I would guess. Lol. An undefeated Wolverine. Uh, you know, like I said, it's been good enough for 100 years and Ohio State games. So it's all right. Things are changing. For me in France, Halloween was mostly people ringing at the house and asking for treats. The only time I celebrated was at my grandparents in a small city, but I have friends celebrating it. Yep. Sure. That makes sense. Kids love to ask for treats. <clears throat> Kel Marie, Halloween comes from All Hallows Eve. It sure does. So can we agree it's Halloween and not Halloween? Oh, Halloween. Sorry, not sorry. I cannot agree on that pronunciation. Halloween makes me sound like I'm from Chicago. And I, while I was born just outside Chicago, I don't think I should pronounce it that way. I'm sorry it got bastardized. It's Halloween now. Uh, it is what it is, but it is from All Hallows Eve. I will, I will absolutely grant that. Chris says, Halloween isn't so big in Australia, but some people decorate and go to parties. On the way home from the airport today, I saw some kids dressed up and going between houses with their parents, which was cute. It's adorable. Love the kiddos. Lots of fun stuff. You also get a feel sometimes for the pop culture zeitgeist. What are you dressing up as? What are the kids into these days? What are the teens into? Because you also have, as part of Halloween, uh, the, the teenagers that are trying to run as fast as they can between the houses and potentially trampling some of your wildlife. Uh, with giant pillow sacks trying to see what you've got in terms of candy. So they're out there too, but you also get a zeitgeist from them and see what they're into for their uh, costumes. The Don Design's getting bigger every year in South Africa, <clears throat> excuse me, but still only a few communities participate. Most workplaces let you come in costume now though. Hey, behind the scenes of Lawyers and Dragons was awesome, by the way, do it again. Yeah, I think it worked out. So I think we probably will do it again. It was fun to collect questions and you guys had some great ones. And uh, I think it makes sense to do it again. Uh, Stephanie, yes, it will change back to 1.30 p.m. Central European time when you go back to winter time. So apparently that's next Sunday. I was informed of this by the chat. I will be setting my alarms next Sunday. Sounds sketchy. They got the kids to come to the trunk for candy. Oh, no. Oh, no. The trunk or treat is a very closed environment with all the parents and families looking at each other. It's not a, uh, it's not a stranger danger scenario, generally speaking. Uh, Mrs. Hoglodge chiming in here as a costume. She is a wizard. She has a green cloak, uh, kind of a McGonagall look, uh, if you are familiar with the Harry Potter series. Trunk or Treat got popular when parents started worrying more about their kids walking around alone at night. Yes, I think that is a certain amount of truth there. Uh, it was to keep it localized. It is uh, generally thought of to be more safe. Sardism says, I'm still mildly scarred from a trick-or-treat house with two people dressed as dummies sitting slumped and they jumped up to scare me. It worked. The hostess had to give the candy to my chaperone. Freaked you out so much. Yeah, I can see that happening. We don't do jump scares here. We do have like a, um, we do have like a, a door knocker that you can press the button of that, that speaks in like a, a low haunted mansion voice, which is cool. Uh, Ms. Hoglas says our youngest made her own costume and is going as a bear bird. Our oldest is still deciding. Sounds about right. 
Sounds like a trunk or treat at a drive-in movie theater would be epic. Yeah, actually, that would be a great place for a trunk or treat. It's a big, it's a big parking lot. Uh, people talking about Papa Ho because I'm 10 minutes behind, as I always am when I scroll through these chats because you guys are awesome. What else we have here? Hemsworth is no Cavill. Major discount. He doesn't even live to the Hemsworth name. Downvote. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, he is. He's a major discount. Look, I. There, I'm, there are actors that are perfectly fine as kind of slabs of meat or window dressing that don't either add or subtract too much uh, from a given story. Uh, Liam Hemsworth is is one of those. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the article in just a minute because we're, we're going to get there in just a shake here. Lovely. In Texas, I trick-or-treated all my childhood. I'm 41 now, and my kiddo has done it every year. She's 10. Three jack-o'-lantern emojis. That's great. They should have fun. Absolutely. I had one group show up at my house one year, 10th Doctor River Song, and in my driveway because they wouldn't fit on my porch, a TARDIS spinning around in circles. Well, that's thematically appropriate for the articles I picked out today. And that's amazing. They had a they had a mechanical TARDIS they brought with them. That's fantastic. Uh, Katie, trunk or treat is about as sketchy as a police station parking lot in the middle of the day. I it's yeah, trunk or treating is generally thought to be safe. There's no question there. A lot of kids are Jason Voorhees fans. It's an easy costume, right? It's a, it's a, it's a hockey mask. Anyone remember 2016 when you couldn't dress up like a clown because of the creepy clown sightings that year? I don't remember it entirely. But yeah, it, Halloween is funny because there's so many kind of urban myths, right? There's been, as long as I've been alive, the myth that uh, you know the, the, the candies are poisoned or they have razor blades in them or those kinds of things. And they used to have uh, hospitals open up so that you could x-ray your candy and whatnot. And I think that's I think that's lightened up, certainly lightened up at my house. Uh, but uh, it's always interesting to see people react to those kinds of news items. I don't know that the Internet has helped on that because you get to hear about legitimate versions of those stories in like the remotest places on Earth. Uh, and people are scared for their kids. But it's still uh, it's still a fun time. I'm still going to I'm still going to vouch for Halloween. Brett, with a wonderful super chat. Thank you so much for the support. Witcher season one showed promise. Season two was 100 percent trash. Uh, I really disliked season one and I don't think season two improved. So, you know, make of that what you will. A sorceress without her power. She was supposed to have her power for these stories. Why would you take that away? Maybe because they do not know how to write the cost for magic. I, I don't give a lot of credit to the Witcher writers for knowing how to write anything. I'm going to be honest on this. If you love it, don't let me be a wet blanket for your love. But I, I don't think it's a very well-written show. And it's a shame because The Witcher is fantastic. If you want good Witcher stories, go play The Witcher 3. You can play it for 200 hours. You'll have more content than Netflix can ever provide. Uh, and you'll have a guy that sounds a lot like Henry Cavill because Henry Cavill sounds a lot like the guy. Mrs. Hoglot says, Trunk or treating is usually done with a smaller community like your church or your school, etc. So you know all the people there. That's right. Yeah, or your office building. We had a group one year who I think came from a group home and one was dressed as Jack Skellington. And I, of course, said, Jack, Jack, I'm only an elected official. I can't make decisions by myself. I like people that work with the costumes. That's awesome, Sarnisms. All right. It's 8 o'clock. We've got Halloween going. We've got Halloween headlines ready. Let's talk about some of them and the might and majesty of Liam Hemsworth as Geralt of Rivia. Because, as you can probably tell from me, I don't love this at all. So, 
Hollywood Reporter, this happens over the weekend. Liam Hemsworth replacing Henry Cavill for The Witcher Season 4. The change for the Netflix series follows Cavill's recent return of the DC film fold to Superman. So these are light articles, but we can still do our headline stuff. This is true. It does, in fact, follow temporarily from the time in which he appears in Black Adam and says, I'm back as Superman. It does not, although it is implied in this subheadline, suggest that Superman is, in fact, the reason why he is no longer the Witcher. Now, I do suspect those have an interplay. But it might not be as obvious as one would think, because in general, as you know, people can be a movie star and they can appear in TV shows, at least one of them, because you can work around various schedules, especially if it's making a lot of money for a place like Netflix. That said, we do have evidence that The Witcher was taking a prime position that was otherwise able to yay or nay what Henry Cavill could do. And we'll talk about that in these articles. And it is possible that when he wanted to sign back up as DC's Superman, they wanted a first position, and you can't have two first positions. So that can create a conflict as well. That said, it's very difficult to parse exactly how this went. Witcher is a very popular series for Netflix. This is a massive change that is very likely to be looked upon negatively by a whole host of people that would otherwise be interested in or are currently interested in the series. And so nobody likes this. So it's very interesting to talk about. Let's see how they describe it in The Hollywood Reporter. The Witcher is returning to Netflix for a fourth season. The third season is not aired yet. It's not airing until sometime next year. But yes, it will come back for a fourth season with a new lead playing Geralt of Rivia. And for folks who don't watch The Witcher, who don't know what The Witcher is, Geralt of Rivia is the titular Witcher. He is James Bond. He is the character. Uh, and while... This particular Witcher focuses a lot on Ciri, who is also one of the characters. Uh, the Witcher himself is the axis on which the universe spins. So this is a massive change uh, to what is a successful series for Netflix and one that I can't recall being matched in any other medium. If you think about the other things that streamers have had to deal with, like Kevin Spacey, for instance, House of Cards falls apart kind of aptly enough for the metaphor when he leaves, which he had to due to his, you know, troubles. Uh, but they don't try to suddenly just pop in somebody else as that character. They change the storyline and they move in a different direction. You know, you see Wakanda forever isn't trying to make a, a new uh, Black Panther character. They're instead reacting to the death of Chadwick Boseman. Here, they're just saying, uh, all right, we're just going to roll with it. We're just going to roll with it. It's just a new Geralt of Rivia. We'll probably make a snide joke uh, in the first scene. Maybe we'll have Yennefer change how he looks to avoid an evil sorceress. I, who knows? The streamer announced Saturday that Henry Cavill is exiting the fantasy series after three seasons in the main role. The third season is expected to debut in summer 2023. And just in case you didn't know, Netflix is deeply invested in The Witcher with a spinoff series opening in December 25th. So we've got Witcher, Witcher, Witcher all over the place. Henry Cavill had a statement, says, My journey as Geralt of Rivia has been filled with both monsters and adventures. And alas, I will be laying down my medallion and my swords for season four. In my stead, the fantastic Mr. Liam Hemsworth will be taking up the mantle of the White Wolf. As with the greatest of literary characters, I pass the torch with reverence for the time spent embodying Geralt and enthusiasm to see Liam's take on this most fascinating and nuanced of men which is, you know, wonderful. We're going to see PR 
uh, agents talking to each other in the pages of The Hollywood Reporter throughout this little sequence here. But it is an odd announcement because unlike some other characters that are just a role for an actor, this was something that was very specific to Henry Cavill. We're going we're gonna to take a look at some of the articles in this very Hollywood Reporter from earlier on in The Witcher's kind of creation and see that Henry Cavill was somebody that drove uh, for this particular part. He was a movie star at the time and he auditioned for it and things of that nature. For his part, Mr. Hemsworth said he is over the moon to be stepping in his Geralt of Rivia. Yeah, I bet. Henry Cavill has been an incredible Geralt and I'm honored that he's handing me the reins and allowing me to take up the White Wolf's blades for the next chapter of his adventure. Henry, I've been a fan of yours for years and was inspired by what you brought to this beloved character. I may have some big boots to fill, but I'm truly excited to be stepping into the Witcher world. Hemsworth, best known for playing Gale in the Hunger Games franchise. Could you have named him? All right, be honest, chat. Throw me down a one if you could have named the character of Gale for Liam Hemsworth in the Hunger Games, because I could not. If you could, you know, two. Maybe I'm just dumb on this stuff. I haven't watched the Hunger Games in a long time. But Liam Hemsworth was essentially just a slab of meat in those movies. My opinion. But, you know, yeah. All right, here we go. We got ones. We got a six. Six is important. Six means I'm not listening to the rules at all. We do have a two. Kelly's on it. But no, most people couldn't name him. Hunger Games was a franchise, asks Britt. Yeah. Yep, that's about right. We do have some twos in there, though, so I'm impressed. I'm going to I'm gonna chalk that up to book readers who are big fans of the franchise and not necessarily folks that are like, yeah, Liam Helmsworth's name was Gale. <laughs> Because I'm biased and I just, I couldn't remember his name at all. So, all right. Hemsworth, best known for playing Gale in the Hunger Games franchise. Uh, his recent credits include films such as Arkansas, Killer Man, and Isn't It Romantic? In the Hollywood Reporter's cover story with Cavill from November 2021, the star said he planned to follow through with the Witcher series. Creator Lauren Schmidt-Hirsch's aim to have the show last at least seven seasons. Absolutely, Cavill said at the time about staying with the series, as long as we can keep telling great stories, which honor Sapkowski's work. If you don't know, The Witcher is based on a series of novels from a Polish author, uh, and Henry Cavill was adamant about wanting to portray Geralt as he was described in the books. So this is interesting. This is kind of normal for an article of this type, and I think it is the end of the article, to say, hey, this is how it was as of less than a year ago. Something changed. We can chalk it up to Superman, and I'm sure Superman played a part, but something changed here. And we're also going to point out that what he said was, I'm in as long as the writers are doing their jobs of keeping things kind of uh, honoring the original source material, which, as we've talked about in this space and what you can hear about in others, is often kind of where the rubber hits the road on current science fiction and fantasy. What are you doing with the source material? Are you using it for a reason other than its intellectual property kind of Q score? And the answer very often is no, right? If you go look at something like the Halo TV series and you tell me that that, without the names, just change the names, make them anonymous, is a description of Halo, I don't think anybody would believe you. They use the Halo intellectual property to try to get their show off the ground to get people like me paying attention to it. And then they just don't follow the source material. And we could talk about much bigger much bigger IPs than just The Witcher or Halo on this stuff that have had problems with coloring within the lines of what their source material provides. And yet, Henry Cavill was having at least some success, right? 
Now, we do know Superman exists. We know it as a few days ago. Henry Cavill looking forward to a story with an enormously joyful Superman. Here's Henry Cavill. This is the kind of thing that people on the internet are drawing uh, lines between. They're connecting these particular dots. And we can highlight some of the reasons why that might be. Here are the Hollywood reporters describing how he got to be Superman. Cavill was working six days a week on Netflix's Witcher series when a deal came together for him to appear in one scene of Black Adam. He had to get permission from the Witcher team, but as the actor recalled, it was so top secret we couldn't tell them what. Now, there's a couple things about that particular anecdote that are interesting, right? One, he's working hard on the Witcher. He's basically not allowed to do anything while he's working hard on the Witcher. Henry Cavill has been, of course, uh, the, the source of one of the biggest studio conflicts we had ever seen uh, with uh, Warner Brothers and their Justice League movie going back to reshoots after Zack Snyder leaves the project puts it under Joss Whedon's ambit, and then he's got a mustache for Mission Impossible 6. I think it's 6. Sounds like 6. Fallout, uh, where he plays a character with a big mustache. And, of course, the CGI required to get rid of that mustache so that he could do uh, the new reshoots as Superman was both expensive and not terribly effective. So he's been down the road of studios fighting over it before. And here with The Witcher, it sounds like part of his contract is a, a first rights. Hey, you're going to focus on this. You're going to work on this. And you have to ask us for permission if you want to do anything else. Now, the other aspect of this is it doesn't sound like he had much trouble. Now, it was only a very short shoot, but he said, okay, I can't tell you what I need to do, but I'm going to need to do it. It's going to be this period of time. Is that okay? And that was fine at the time. Uh, he picked out his suit for the Superman appearance. The conversation comes after a newsmaking week for Cavill. The actor returned to the big screen as Superman for the first time in five years in Black Adam. And Monday, he confirmed that he will indeed play Superman in future DC installments, saying in a video posted to social media that what audiences saw in Black Adam was just a small taste of things to come. So he is going to be Superman for a long period of time. Sources have told The Hollywood Reporter, however, and this is another aspect of the story that's interesting, that Warner Brothers is taking pitches from writers for a sequel to Man of Steel. He goes and plays Superman in Black Adam. DC is fine with him being Superman. Interestingly enough, they just changed heads of their studio, so we'll see if there's any change there. And he says, I'm going to be Superman for a long time to come. And where is Warner Brothers in that process? They're taking pitches. They don't have a script. They don't have anything remotely close to a script. They don't even know what direction they want to go with the story. And you see Henry Cavill trying to lightly say what he'd like to see in a story. There is such a bright future ahead for the character, and I'm so excited to tell a story with enormously joyful Superman. Zack Snyder's Superman and Batman, uh, frankly, very, very negative people. Very sad people. Very terse. Very angry people. And Superman, not usually known for that. That was one of the criticisms of the Supermans done by Zack Snyder. Uh, and he is trying to say, Henry Cavill is, hey, while you're taking those pitches, I would really like to have a happy Superman story. Fair enough. But when we're talking about why you have to replace him, it seems difficult to believe that it could be for schedule conflicts when Superman isn't remotely close to being made, right? They're taking pitches right now. The other aspect of this that I wanted to mention to you all is that this announcement from Netflix not only is being made before season three is even out, it's also being made with a replacement already in mind. Contract presumably done because you don't want to give the leverage to the actor as having announced them before you have their name on the dotted line. Because at that point, their agent can go, oh, you've announced us. Fantastic. Well, then our, our ask has just increased by 200% because you're going to look like fools 
if you back out of the deal right now. So you don't do that generally from a business perspective. You have him sign, which means that what we're actually looking at, much like the light from the stars in the night sky, is something that happened a while ago, right? We're looking at something that was discussed both on the Superman side of things and on the Witcher side of things for a while at Netflix and at Warner Brothers. And we're only now seeing this happen. So when you've got comments like we saw today in this particular episode about was it a good thing that writers came out and said there was a problem with the writing room? Uh, no, it wasn't. This is all happening at the same time. Uh, and Henry Cavill has been out as The Witcher for some period of time uh, before he's talking to you about Superman. Now, as they said, he has been a part of this Witcher series from the start. And we've got some other quotes here from that cover story, November 10th, 2021, that are very interesting in context of him leaving the project. Now, there's a whole lot of fluff here. This is about, will he be James Bond? How awesome is he in Mission Impossible? Let's look at some photos of him. Very handsome man. Uh, and I only had to highlight a few sequences here to talk specifically about The Witcher, hopefully which remained highlighted as a marker for when we get there. But this article is long. And they talk about the process of getting The Witcher role, right? So chasing a high-commitment, long-running TV series, just as one film's, one's film career is taking off, might seem like an odd move, uh, but when Netflix announced a series based on Sapkowski's Witcher books and video games in 2017, Cavill lobbied hard for the role. He's a movie star, and he says, I want to do that. He was a fan of the Witcher video games and always played them like he does all console titles on their hardest modes, restarting the levels over and over, trying to fully master them. Uh, Hollywood Reporter, look, stay in your stay in your lane on this stuff. There aren't levels in The Witcher. <laughs> but I appreciate it. I like how whenever anybody reports on these things, it doesn't have some kind of at least partial knowledge of how these things work. It's like, it's Mario. As you take Geralt, you, you kill those Goombas. Sometimes it's too hard and you start over. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's called Death March, by the way, is the hardest mode. Uh, and uh, it's really the only way to play Witcher 3 because all the other modes are too easy. This is not a get good thing. It's just the truth. <clears throat> I pursued, 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 Cavill says of the role, a couple months after they had gone through their casting process, my agent called and said, they've asked you to do an audition. You don't have to do this. I'm like, I'll do it. They said, really? Are you sure? I said, of course. It's The Witcher. So he auditioned for the role of Geralt of Rivia when, in general, at that level of movie stardom, it's uh, something of a social faux pas, an offense, to ask somebody to audition for the role when you can otherwise look at them and see how they are in movies. After the success of season one, in terms of audience, which included spawning several spinoffs in development, Cavill sent Hisrich a flurry of emails with ideas for how to take the second season to the next level. The lockdown was an opportunity to look at everything. Let's review that, Cavill says. How about we tweak it this way? How about we adapt that? In particular, Cavill wanted Geralt to open up more to the audience. A lot of the notes he was sending to me were about Geralt's dialogue. Could he, first of all, say more, Hisrich says. Everybody came out of season one laughing and loving Geralt's fuming. Your mileage may vary. But Henry was saying that when you read the books, you spend a lot of time in Geralt's head. So how can we put that on the page? Meanwhile, I wanted to tell the story of him becoming a father figure to Siri, et cetera, et cetera, on the plot points. But you see that this is an actor, at least as described, in this Hollywood reporter fluff piece that is deeply invested in this role. That's why the news came in so stunning to a lot of us, I think, uh, on Saturday of this weekend, which is... If there's one person that was driving the Witcher ship, it was Geralt of Rivia himself, Henry Cavill. So him walking away is a really significant event. 
and you see references to things about how he's treating his career. Uh, I recommend this article. It's very long. It's very fluffy, but you do get kind of the Hollywood reporters reporters uh, thoughts on how dealing with Cavill is he's very uh, protective. He's very cautious about it. What he says in an ideal world, I'd never have to turn anything down, but, and that's implied there's conflicts all over the place. And so I have to choose what I do. The actor remains committed to supporting his Trish's vision to keep the Witcher going for at least seven seasons. Absolutely. As long as we can keep telling great stories, which honor Sapkowski's work. And that's what you saw quoted in the current article. Uh, and so I, it's it's a massive surprise to, I think, everybody that follows this story. And uh, we'll cover Doctor Who in just a minute. What do you think of this? What do you think is happening behind the scenes? What do you think is Superman responsible uh, for this particular thing, even though those movies are not close to being made? What does that look like uh, to you? What are your thoughts on this? I've given you mine. Let me know what you think. Um, you got, uh, recommendations. You know what might work. Ryan Hurst from Sons of Anarchy played Opie and was great in Outsiders. Uh, perhaps, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I don't care about Liam Hemsworth. Cavill is a terrific actor. I tend to agree. I'm not much for beefcake actors like him. Super muscles like that are just not for me, but I really like his acting. I think Cavill's a, a very gifted actor, uh, and he's a lot of fun. They don't even have a script and he had to quit the Witcher. WTF asks Jessica Lambert. Yeah, see, I think that's that's an important part of the story. I try not to fanboy out too much, says Jamil, uh, over Cavill's Superman, but I really like him in the role. Yeah, he's a perfect Superman. I can't. He's a perfect Superman. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna begrudge him that. Uh, Secret McSquirrel became a YouTube member. Wow, thank you, Secret McSquirrel. I really appreciate it. That is awesome. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Secret McSquirrel is the hardest working moderator. Uh, on the internet and does a great job of keeping this chat uh, in the reasonable minds can differ uh, milieu that we very much hope it continues to be in. Uh, every single week, day we do an article or an episode like this. Kern Grisdale, someone needs to explain to Paramount that you don't announce cast before approaching the actors, not that they've done that two or three times recently. Face palm. <laughs> Sometimes I don't think that the studios are terribly smart about this. But I think it's intuitive. You can understand that if you give a cast name and you put your kind of credibility out there and you don't have them signed up, you should expect in 30 seconds after you make that press release that you're going to get a call from their agent that says our rate's gone up because it now costs you more to back out. And so that's how negotiations work, folks. If your agent is doing their job, they're paying attention to where the leverage lives. Uh, and most agents are doing their job. If we're very lucky, Callista says, it's because they're doing a younger Geralt in season four and Cavill will be back for season five, maybe? Dare I hope? It certainly doesn't sound like it, Callista. And Liam Hemsworth has got to be close to a contemporary of Henry Cavill's, isn't he? I mean, I know he plays younger because uh, he's got that kind of dumb puppy dog look, uh, but I, I think they're contemporaries, give or take. I'd love to hear the years on that for, for their birthdays. Uh, Matthew F says, I'm really disappointed because I like the TV show. Yeah, it, I'm disappointed I didn't like it. So if you did like it, it's got to be even worse. I really hope it's not because of issues with the writers, because if it's bad enough for e him to even give up and leave, terrible. Uh, yeah, that's that's a fair comment, right? And people want to connect those dots. I'm not sure it's that clean. I'm not sure it isn't a situation where DC says, well, we have to have right of first refusal on his time. Witcher says, we need to have it. And you can't please both of them. And he had to pick. 
I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it's, yeah. I think Liam is 30 and Henry is like 40. You think they're 10 years apart? I'm terrible at ages, folks, especially with Hollywood where they're moving people around the age spectrum uh, and they play different times. Certainly Henry Cavill plays older. Uh, he's he's more adult looking than Liam Hemsworth. So we'll see. <clears throat> that Sarah says it was probably uh, due to conflicting contractual periods. Marvel type film contracts have exclusivity and pre-production periods while Netflix locks down options for future years. Yeah, honestly, I was I was surprised that he even had the option to to leave. Uh, so it must have been a three-year contract for Witcher to start. Uh, he leaves at the three-year exit. And then four, five, six, seven, if it gets there, I don't have a lot of hope uh, for the Witcher after he leaves, um, would go to either Liam or however quickly they could replace Liam with someone that can act. Sorry. Sorry, Liam Hemsworth. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I think it's possible. I, I really do think it's that conflicting right of first refusal kind of time concept. Uh, between those studios that would make the most sense to me. Even though, as I said, Warner Brothers isn't anywhere close to making a Superman film. And if you're in the business of working with Warner Brothers, you got to be cognizant of the fact that they are currently under new management. That management is cutting budgets everywhere it can. Uh, and there's no guarantees that they're actually even going to go through with a standard DC slate of films. Yeah, they added James Gunn. Yeah, they added Peter Safran. Uh, and we have no idea whether or not they're going to proceed in any reasonable fashion uh, with those assets. So it's it's tough. We got 39 and 32 from Victoria. So he's older uh, and he plays older. So it's hey, it could be a it could be a younger Geralt of Rivia. You got time travel in The Witcher. Who knows? Who knows? <clears throat> Claude Simeon says, whoa, he seemed to be enough of a nerd. Geralt versus Superman. I think it would be tough if he liked both visions that were presented to him. Yeah. Hey, there's the benefit of the doubt. He liked them both and he just liked one better. It wasn't any of this stuff that the internet likes to come up with where he just hated the writer's room and he hated what they were doing with The Witcher and it wasn't honoring Sapkowski's work. Uh, but we've seen the show, right? We'll see what season three is. We'll see if it is a good representation of Geralt of Rivia. It's really interesting to have this kind of announcement come out potentially a year before Season three comes out with Henry Cavill. And then however long it is from that point in time to you know, getting Liam Hemsworth. By the time they're filming, he might be the same age. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So that's Henry Cavill. That's The Witcher. I think I grabbed everything that was a super chat. If I missed one, try to flag it for me. I, I definitely try to capture those. Uh, but when I'm doing the articles, the headlines themselves, I'm not following the chat nearly as much. Uh, so I apologize for that. But. Let's talk about the other major story, which I think is another kind of interesting bit of corporate ephemera here. And that is Doctor Who had a very weird announcement about a week ago. And it goes a little something like this. Doctor Who to get American makeover as Disney takes on British classic. So, folks, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. I haven't watched all the series. I certainly haven't watched like the 1960s series. Uh, and I basically drop off for some of the kind of more recent series, but I love Matt Smith. I enjoyed David Tennant. I really like Christopher Eccleston, that sequence of Dr. Who's I really liked. And Russell T Davies, who kind of brought Dr. Who back has taken back the reins of Dr. Who. And then this article. Now, if you've been following me in virtual legality or hangouts and headlines, or just generally on this channel or on my Twitter, 
you know that I have not been the biggest fan of how Disney has treated its intellectual property, specifically Star Wars, of course, but also Marvel. I think phase four is, is really a down step from where they were at. And so saying, hey, Doctor Who, which has had some trouble in the ratings, which has had some difficulty over the past few years, uh, is now going to be uh, capitalized by Disney. And that Disney, as we will see in this article, will have creative input as to what Doctor Who is. Gives me pause. And I'm saying this as someone that really likes Andor. Andor is really the first thing that Disney has put out through their Disney Plus product that I've enjoyed uh, thoroughly. And so go check out Andor. But they have a lot of missteps. And so let's see what the uh, Telegraph here says about what's happening with our beloved Doctor Who. Doctor Who is set to be regenerated by Disney. I see what you did there, Telegraph. As the U.S. corporation is allowed to give the classic BBC series a Hollywood makeover. Does this, does this like put the fear of God in you, European chat members? I, <laughs> do, do we want Doctor Who to get an American makeover? He says as an American. The series, which began in 1963, has grown a cult following despite limited budgets. I really don't think I would describe Doctor Who's fandom as cult anymore, but that's fine. With the Time Lord's adversaries often mocked for their less than threatening appearance. But Disney is now poised to give the show blockbuster backing. Do we really want to see the Daleks with like some kind of uber CG? Uh, I can only speak for myself. No. I like my salt and pepper shakers. It is amusing to be threatened existentially by salt and pepper shakers. Uh, That is part of the charm. So we'll see what Disney does. Hopefully they understand that's part of the charm. The American corporation will have a say in creative decisions for Doctor Who. Under the terms of a co-production deal made with the BBC over its long-running sci-fi series, showrunner Russell T. Davies will retain the overall creative vision for the program. But it is understood that the corporate might of Disney will give the show vast budgets beyond the BBC's means, allowing for more cinematic production values and more stars. Ultimately, by the way, what's being described here, just so we back off a little bit, is that Disney wanted some content for Disney+. Plus. BBC wanted some money. We'll see exactly why a few articles from now. And Disney said, hey, we've got money. And so we're going to help finance your, your product here if you let the show come on to Disney+. Plus. Now, that's a normal licensing arrangement. What is a little bit more unusual that's kind of being hidden in the way this is described is creative input. Now, you always understand this. If you're paying the bill, you always have creative input. I don't care what the contract says. If you're the ones that have the money, you're always going to get a seat at the table. You're always going to get your phone call answered. It just depends on what, if anything, they have to listen to when they answer that phone call. Here, you have at least descriptions of express creative input. They have to take your input at least on good faith even if they say they retain the overall creative vision and if disney's going to be putting up a lot of money that gets stronger and stronger and stronger so at least folks that love doctor who hang on to your butts because we could be looking at a full-on disneyfication of the series charlotte moore bbc's chief content officer said we are thrilled to announce this exciting global partnership with disney who are the perfect partners to bring this very British show to the rest of the world. If you don't know, they have a lot of money and that makes it perfect. Russell T. Davies' vision for Doctor Who has always been out of this world and we are committed to ensuring that audiences across the globe get the opportunity to enjoy the Doctor's epic adventures with the scale and ambition that they deserve. See, I see what they were trying to do with that statement. Out of this world and now global audience doesn't really work though, does it? Yeah. Joining forces with Disney will elevate the show to even greater heights 
and reach new audience. So it's an extremely exciting time for fans in the UK and across the world. I believe it will look more expensive, but I have also seen Obi-Wan. BBC to retain ultimate editorial control. It is understood that Disney will have a creative input in the series and will also handle all distribution outside the UK. The expected budgets involved in future series productions are commercially sensitive and have not been revealed. We're not going to tell you about what the numbers are here, which is amusing. The BBC will retain ultimate editorial control of future series. This is a weird bit of language. I think they mean they'll retain ultimate editorial control of all series, including this current one. Uh, but they say future series, which I guess could apply to the one that isn't out yet. The Telegraph understands, so the tone and content of the show may not deviate dramatically from the canon of Doctor Who. You don't, you don't sound convinced, Telegraph. It may not deviate. Hey, BBC gets to figure it out, and just because they're taking probably tens of millions of dollars from this American institution that's known for Disneyfication uh, doesn't mean that we're going to be Disneyfied. It may be the same. Thanks, Telegraph. Seems likely. The public service broadcaster also retains the intellectual property rights to Doctor Who, so Disney will be unable to produce spinoffs. God, I would hope they didn't sell the IP for a distribution agreement. Showrunner Mr. Davies, Russell T. Davies, says, I love this show, and this is the best of both worlds. With the vision and joy of the BBC and Disney Plus, together we can launch the TARDIS all around the planet. The effect of the new partnership will be seen in 2023 when new episodes of Doctor Who begin airing on BBC iPlayer in the UK and on Disney Plus around the world. Disney Plus also says some nice stuff, and that's really all we know about it. It's basically a corporate press release that says, hey, it's going to be just fine, except that Doctor Who is going to be made over. This is a new Doctor Who, by the way. is going to be made over as Disney takes on the British classic. Uh, and this, of course, rang bells across the various internet outlets that talk about these things, including, once again, back to the Hollywood Reporter, Doctor Who heading to Disney Plus in a landmark streaming deal. All new seasons of the BBC's cult favorite. And I don't think cult is appropriate for Doctor Who. It may not be super popular, but it's definitely higher than cult. <laughs> Including those with incoming Doctor Who in Kudigatwa will stream exclusively on Disney Plus outside the UK and Ireland. Uh, and then we had another kind of quote here from Jane Tranter. And this is an important part of the puzzle. For Doctor Who to have the backing of two of the most innovative and respected media organizations in the world, is a testament to the unique drive and vision at the heart of the show, says Jane Tranter and Julie Gardner, executive producers and co-founders at Bad Wolf. Now, if that rings a bell to you, Bad Wolf was one of the uh, mystery box type elements from the earliest of the revival Doctor Who series. And these folks, Jane Tranter specifically, apparently, and I don't know enough of the history here, I apologize, Whovians, uh, is one of the people that worked with Russell T. Davies at the start of Doctor Who, which makes sense. And if we then go to a deadline article about this, we see the following. First, few deals have been this high profile since the streaming wars began in earnest. And then the move is reflective of the changing nature of the show, both on and off screen since Davies took the reins for a second time. One of the It's a Sin creator's first decisions was to reportedly demand that the show be co-produced with his longtime collaborator, Jane Tranters, his Dark Materials producer, Bad Wolf. Got to work on our sentence structure deadline, but suffice to say, somebody he's worked with in the past is already doing things uh, in production of TV. And then deadline says what's really important here, a move that multiple sources, all anonymous, so take it with a grain of salt, have indicated will lead to BBC Studios losing out financially. So here's the deal, folks. 
Doctor Who was having ratings problems. Chris Chibnall was not the right person to lead Doctor Who. And so they went back to the well. Who brought Doctor Who back? Russell T. Davies. Russell T. Davies says, okay, I guess I will come back to this thing that I've put behind me, but I'm going to need to bring in my people. BBC says, well, that's pretty darn expensive. They're doing other things. Uh, and he says, that's my that's my condition. You want to save this intellectual property that you have. Uh, and BBC says, okay, fine. So they bring back uh, this particular person, Russell T. Davies. He says, we're going to sign up Jane Tranter. And then by the time you're getting these quotes from folks like Jane Tranter that just says, what could be better than Disney and BBC? You understand that if this is the context of everything, we're speculating, we're not in the rooms here. If this is the context of everything, the BBC agreed to lose money on making Doctor Who to restore the value of their asset in Doctor Who and then started looking for partners with tens of millions of dollars to give them. And in Disney Plus walks. So Disney Plus says, yes, absolutely, but we have some conditions of our own. So you can take this all the way back to at least Chris Chibnall, probably earlier, and say, okay, all of this happens that results in a headline that says Doctor Who's getting an American makeover because of the decisions that the BBC made in the prior, I don't know, five to 10 years, all arriving at, we were going to lose money on this. We needed a partner. We got that partner in Disney. And isn't Disney great? Disney doesn't screw up anything with their Disney Plus products, right? So folks, if you love Doctor Who, get excited. You got three specials of David Tennant coming up. I know people are excited about that. But when 2023 hits and the new series comes out, we're going to find out exactly what a Disney version of Doctor Who actually looks like. And we'll see if kids still want to enter trick-or-treating with a mechanical TARDIS spinning around in somebody's driveway. That's the second story for today. What do folks think about that? Am I ringing alarm bells too much? Am I too broken and biased about how Disney Plus has treated some of my favorite franchises to look at this from afar? It's very possible. This is all subjective stuff. This is all fiction. This is all science fiction and fantasy, in fact. Um, but I have my doubts that Disney is just going to magically add budget and creative input to Doctor Who, and it's going to feel the same, and it's not going to be Disney-fied. So what do you think? Leafy Fifi Foo says, the person who will benefit from it the most is going to be in Cootie. Streaming show with dedicated fan base already being streamed on the mega platform that is Disney. His profile is going to rocket ship emoji, stars emoji. Uh, and yeah, I hadn't heard of this person before. I very much hope he's an awesome Doctor Who. I have been introduced to actors uh, in these roles uh, as Doctor Who that I have followed and continue to like, uh, particularly David Tennant and Matt Smith. Uh, and so if Nkuti Gatwa is sweet. That'll be awesome. I would love that. Uh, but we'll see. Kelly Dawson says, don't mess with Doctor Who. Don't mess with Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, Handmade Darcy says, because only an American version would be viewed globally. The arrogance, it's already global. I did, I did react to that. This notion in the press release is like, we could finally take it global. It's like, what have I been watching? You don't need to be on Disney Plus to get out there with your Doctor Who. Generally speaking, Doctor Who fans are everywhere. Um, so, yeah. Sally just comes in with David Tennant's the best Doctor Who. I respect it. A lot of people think that. Matt Smith is my favorite. But a lot of people love David Tennant. I will remain in the Legends universe because Disney Star Wars is garbage wars. Ouch. Strive. I can't tell you you're wrong. But ouch. Uh, is the Doctor ever going to be a ginger, though? Redhead? I don't know. I think the closest we got was uh, Rory uh, or, or Amy Pond, <laughs> right? 
uh, Emmy was a, it was like a co-doctor uh, for some of that Matt Smith run. Uh, but uh, no, I don't know. Uh, and Cootie, uh, Shooty, is it, is it Shooty? I'll pronounce, I, 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 am, I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce it. If it's Shooty, absolutely. Already pretty popular from sex education and has millions of Instagram followers. I'm old and I didn't know him either. This is fair. I mean, hopefully they found somebody that would be a, a good choice for Doctor Who that had some following of some kind. Um, although I don't, I don't know what following Matt Smith had when he was hired. Uh, Vicky asks, Doctor Who, Disney? No. Uh, remember Torchwood, Miracle Day? Uh, I, I do. I do remember those. What do those have to do with Disney? Was Disney involved in those? Um, yeah, Torchwood. I haven't thought about Torchwood in a while. Yeah. Uh, I cannot not hear fantastic in Eccleston's voice. Yeah. He was cool. For such a short run, he was very cool. Yip, yip, hooray for the fantastic return of David Tennant as the doctor and boo to a Hollywoodized version of Doctor Who. We can give him a chance. We can be optimists in this space. I will tell you, my initial reaction is recoiling. Disney makeover of Doctor Who is, is a headline. I had never hoped to see. I can tell you that. There is value in other non-Disneyfied cultures and the quirks and the values and the presentation that they can bring to the table. I, I don't want everything to be Disneyfied. I really, really don't. The small budget is part of the Who charm? Absolutely. I, I tend to think so. Uh, and I think a lot of it is subsumed anyway. They do big bombastic scores. It all feels very adventure -y. Doctor Who's fun. Doctor Who is already pretty family friendly, so I'm hopeful Disney doesn't have to do much. Well, there's, I mean, that's an open question, right? Because the BBC, the BBC kind of famously said Doctor Who is for scaring little kids. And I don't know whether Disney would try to soften the edges of things like the fright factor. I don't know. Um, and I don't know that they know. We'll see. They came in with a pot of money. Then they get to decide what they do with it. So we will absolutely see. I love Doctor Who in the 60s and 70s. I have to admit, I have not watched the older Doctor Who's. Was Colin Baker not a redhead? I don't know. David Tennant is the best ever. Amy Pond, the girl who waited. She is indeed. The Doctor will never be a ginger. It is his curse. Uh, it's global enough where I and India understand Doctor Who references, but maybe with Disney money, they might make some dubbed versions and go global like they do with Power Rangers. So you're watching it in English. You pronounce it as shooty. Thank you for the correction. I will. I absolutely will. Will try to remember to pronounce it that way. Uh, and if his profile increases as much as some think, and I tend to believe it will, uh, everybody will know how to pronounce it in a little while. The Doctor Who 2000 movie was already Americanized. It's fair. I get a feeling that this will end with an acquisition where Disney are able to buy the whole rights to Doctor Who, even if HBO uh, doesn't want to sell it all. Uh, where does HBO step in? The BBC? The BBC. Torchwood Miracle Day should have been half its length and they could have made something good out of it. I'm trying to remember Miracle Day. Honestly, apologies. Uh, we got some plot spoilers in the chat we won't bring up. I will be recoiling and casting a very cynical eye, says Carrie Harvey. It will have a maybe a three episode chance to get me on board, then I'll be out otherwise. That's usually my standard. You get three. You get three to see. I'm a Disney fan, but I'm so disappointed in the prospect of yet another Disneyfication of another IP. That's the thing. I've been a Disney fan for almost my whole life, and yet you can see the kind of monoculture that is being put upon everything. 
with them and, and owning everything. And that's no fun. That's no fun. You, you don't get different flavors. It's all one flavor ice cream. Even if that ice cream is great, you're going to get sick of it. Go watch Brewster's Millions. But we can hope that they understand that ironing out the edges and, and making it not have a different flavor would be bad. Cross our fingers as Disney realizing that. It's the Americanization I'm deeply concerned by, not Disney. The British approach and the American approach are different to each other. Part of the charm is the Britishness and British humor of who? I got to believe they're not going to change the writers. Uh, but maybe. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I would hope it would remain astutely British. I feel like I have learned things about various places in England uh, from Doctor Who and his constant appearances there. It's, uh, just like an American time travel show, it's always, hey, it's present day England. That'll be a, that'll be a cheaper episode to shoot. <laughs> the girl who waited was so sad. Yeah, absolutely. I never really watched Who, but it reminds me of Sliders. I imagine Sliders was a bite off Who. Yeah, Sliders. Uh, Sliders was fine. I mean, Sliders had trouble staying on the air, uh, but yeah, that's an old show. It's an old poll. Andy Welton, I have no streaming services, so I wouldn't even know where to see it. Between the Are You My Mummy and the Weeping Angels, I was traumatized for a while. I think I've talked about the fact that my older daughter watches horror movies with me uh, and uh, occasionally gets to be too much. And one of the very few times she asked me to shut off something was a um, was an Angels episode of Doctor Who. She's like, no, nope, let's go do something else right now. It's like, OK, you got it. You got it. Hogue, have you seen Sherlock BBC version get canceled when Elementary took off in American production? I think predominantly Sherlock ended its run because Benedict Cumberbatch uh, and God help me. I can't remember Bilbo's name. I apologize. Uh, got real popular. <laughs> I mean, they were already really popular uh, when Sherlock was having its run, but I think they got really, really popular. Uh, so I think it got a little bit too expensive or difficult to schedule uh, for future seasons. Also, I think Sherlock actually went past its sell by date. I don't like that last season very much. Uh, but yeah, elementary is okay. Elementary is okay. It's I, I would say the BBC's Sherlock when it was when it was at its start was better than Elementary, but Elementary has kind of a more consistent tone. Disney feels like the Borg right now. What an excellent and nerdy reference, Abigail. There is a certain amount of assimilation <laughs> that is happening with respect to particularly the speculative fiction genres, right? Your fantasy, your sci-fi, uh, and Disney taking them almost completely over and doing what they want with them. A lot of people love sliders in the chat. That's good to hear. It's an older show. Uh, Vicky Torchwood, not Disney, but Americanized. Awful. Uh, is that is that the generalized view is that Torchwood was an attempt to be an American version of Doctor Who? I actually didn't realize that. Um, I didn't I didn't jive with Torchwood very much, but uh, I didn't realize that that was attempted to be an Americanization of, of the Doctor Who brand. Claude Simeon, I loved Idris Elba in Luther. He's fun in Luther. I wish he had been able to play Bond, but I imagine he's too old to start that now. I think he is too old to, to start with Bond. Uh, I don't know who their next James Bond is going to be. I would have said Henry Cavill was in the running, but I don't think he can take so many big roles. I like uh, that Sarah Sliders. I thought we were talking about mini cheeseburgers there for a minute, laughing emoji. Those are delicious. No, we're talking about uh, Sliders, uh, the old, I want to say Fox science fiction show in which you come to multiple universes and have to deal with them. What's funny about that is if you go and you watch things like the multiverse of madness with Dr. Strange, they're establishing a multiverse 
is almost identical to the way the, the sliders pilot tries to establish that you're in a different universe. The lights, street signals being different, being the primary input there. And it's like, oh, that's the sliders. You just pulled it straight from sliders. <laughs> uh, only Miracle Day that was no longer BBC, but stars. So the new team around Captain Jack and Gwen was American and it was in America. Maybe I don't remember Miracle Day because I never saw it. What's the what's the one with the kids? Kids isn't Miracle Day, is it? The the, the kids and the aliens. I, I know it's a very good description of this. I remember that being sad. Excellent. I added a lot to that conversation. <laughs> Tracy, oh my God, what a throwback. Sliders was so much fun, wasn't it? It was so much fun. Well, okay, folks. I think we've had some fun on Halloween here. A lot of interesting stuff about corporations making decisions, about actors making decisions. I hope the new Doctor Who is awesome. I hope everything is awesome. But I do look at Disney and their budget and their creative input with an askance eye and say, mm, I'm not so sure about that. Now, if you didn't see on my Twitter or anywhere else, uh, it's an interesting day here because, as you've seen from my virtual legality episodes or otherwise, we're supported by viewers and listeners like you. And if you want to support us, you can check out our Utreon or our Patreon. That's the way I usually say that. But... The reason I'm mentioning it here is because there are tiers on that Utreon and on that Patreon that allow you to specifically ask questions of whatever kind you want. And I will highlight them and we'll do them first. And then the community gets to ask me questions in an episode series we call Question Time, which is monthly. And we do it at the end of the month. And if you might know, this is the last day of the month. So because of other things happening with scheduling and Lawyers and Dragons and whatnot, we'll be doing Question Time about an hour from now be a new background. It'll be very exciting for everybody. So if you're interested in hanging out with me a little bit more, asking questions about whatever you like, whether it's videos or law or person, uh, whatever you want, come back here in about an hour and 13 minutes and we'll be doing question time in this space uh, specifically to highlight questions from uh, supporters on the Utreon and Patreon platforms, but also to do community talking as well. I'm going to rest my voice until we start that episode. Otherwise, have a fantastic Halloween. If I don't see you again before tomorrow's episode of Hangouts and Headlines, and just stay tuned to this channel for more content on business and law and pop culture. Leaving us with one last super chat, Vivi Poo Hubs just asked, why are you giving us bad news today? It's the news that I saw that was related to kind of fantasy and costumes and Halloween, and I wanted to talk with you about it. So again, question time in about an hour at 10 a.m. Eastern here. And I will see you very, very soon. Everybody have a fantastic Monday and a fantastic Halloween.